Go on then, Owen. Right, you ready? Since you've been deputised as Tweet Dex Master. We're gonna we're gonna do this my way, which means doing it quickly. Okay, right. good. Sounds good. Bad Bonobo writes in to say, "Why is this still happening? Why won't everyone just learn from Nintendo for a change?" <laughs> Not a lot of context in that, but I think it's uh, why is E3 happening? Why are people still doing press conferences and things? And the answer is because uh, they need to demonstrate things clearly to the non-specialist press. Yeah. Did you see that thing where um, I think it was the LA Times or someone said that the new Nintendo PlayStation 4 <laughs> was about to get a load of new cool games or something. Yeah. Just because whoever was writing the thing just had no idea what any of the consoles actually were and just kind of like mixed up a load of different things that they'd heard over the week. Yeah. Um, and that, that is that is the sort of person for whom E3 is really beneficial. Yeah, that's kind um, of, as we keep saying each year, like it's, 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 it's for people... They, the primary audience for those E3 press conferences are like people who are writing for like the Wall Street Journal and things like that, mm-hmm. and yeah. just sort of general newspaper people. Sure, because uh, it's the one time in the year that they sort of get all that information out in a big blast. Yeah, um, and that's why that's kind of why I think the Microsoft thing was really weird because it was all about games and it was seemed mm. like it would be completely boring to anyone who wasn't a <laughs> gamer. But yeah. it's just because they've gone so far in the opposite direction last year that they've got a yeah, backpedal like this. Anyway, anyway, uh, Phil Wall, I wasn't enthused by any of the presentations. Do I still deserve life? Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, if you didn't like video games at all, that, you know, that doesn't mean you deserve death. Um, controversial opinion, I know. But um, no, I, I, I thought there was plenty to get excited about. Um, well, that's right, uh, but Phil Wall disagrees. Yeah. <laughs> but that's no reason to kill him. No, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Right, Saintly Stewart writes in, uh, are there games where playing as a female protagonist wouldn't feel right? Any programmers... Oh, are programmers lazy for leaving out this option? Right. Uh, no one's asking to play as a female character in every single game. Uh, I think mm. the main kind of... The, the, the issue is to try and sort of add more female characters just to kind of redress the balance a little bit because at the minute there's very mm. few, especially in terms of, like, you know, good female characters. Yeah. Um, our program is lazy for leaving out the option. Uh, in a nutshell, no, because it's not their decision. Um, <laughs> <laughs> someone somewhere, is the, a project manager somewhere, is responsible for making sure that all these things get done on time and under budget. Yeah. And what they do is, uh, somewhere down the line, they say, we need to, you know, you, we don't have the budget to do this and this and this, so you need to cut X amount of stuff out of your lists. You know, you need to make room in your, like, project management timeline thing your yeah what do they call them gantt charts or whatever uh <laughs> in order to make sure all this stuff gets done and basically uh female protagonists are usually just very very low on most studios priorities uh and any other excuse that they give you is just a load of nonsense generally yeah that's what it all it comes down to is just that they had a choice between doing that or doing something else and then they chose to do something else so you can look through you can basically look through in the game and look at anything else that is in the game and then tell yourself that this was considered more important than <laughs> having like a, a strong female character or anything like that, for example. Right. Um, uh, to actually answer the question, I mean, yeah. no, I don't <laughs> Are know. Are saying I didn't answer the question? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was asking for examples of things where it wouldn't work. Um, oh, that, yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, no, I don't think so. It, like the the ones where it would seem weird if you were playing as a woman are basically the ones where they've got stories structured around the fact that you're playing as a man. But all you would really need to do there is this. I mean, if you were doing it, you could make that same game with a female character, and it would just mean rewriting the story a little bit, basically. Yeah, I um, mean, even if you go for your sort much. of 
massive, you know, male uh, teenage power fantasies like your Gears of War or whatever, like actually switching Marcus Phoenix for a woman wouldn't really be that big a deal. That would be fine. In fact, there is a, a female cog, isn't there, in Gears of War? They do, yeah, in the third one. Um, so, yeah, no, it's whatever. <laughs> I mean, unless you have trouble with the idea of, like, you know, a woman being tough and shooting things, then no, there aren't say. that many games where it wouldn't work. I think Metroid's the only one I would hate to play as a woman in Metroid. God, that would be dreadful. Because you imagine if you got thing. to the end I'm and just, then suddenly... I'm near the end. I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think is how, like, how it's, it's very important to me that this character turn, is, is a man. Yeah. I think the, the whole story would fall apart if it wasn't. Yeah, if right, there is um, not a dick and balls in that suit, <laughs> I'd be really upset. Uh, Digifolio writes, whatever happened to the recording you guys did during the stream? Uh, well, indeed. Next question. <laughs> Hands in the Jam writes to say, Bloodborne, thoughts? Yes, we yes. have thoughts. We have uh, already said them. Yeah, it, it is a bit like Dark Souls, but it is not literally Dark Souls. That's, That's a good, good. thing. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, then you might say, how large is your erection during the Zelda footage? Uh, not that big, pretty flaccid, just pretty pretty normal yeah. due to being a video game. Um, and I'm 30 years old. Uh, <laughs> next question. Why do people get so invested in the Who Won in 3-3 nonsense? Uh, headlines, I guess? What do you think? Um, I, I don't know. Do you, do you think it's it's as much of like a, a you know people sort of adopting a brand's identity as their own, and like the fact that video games consoles cost so fucking much, so a lot of people feel that like once you've bought one, that's you nailing your colours to the mast, and, and I if can see in, that. It's, and, um, you know, yeah, uh, it's, it's like if people disagree like that your console's uh, the best. Zizek describes as cultural capitalism, where you're not, you're not just going to buying... talk about Zizek again. Not just, I'm <laughs> going to do this in every single podcast from now on. You're not just buying a product, but you're buying into a philosophy surrounding that product so yeah, you know, sure. when, you, when you buy a nintendo console you're not mm. just buying a nintendo console mm. you're buying into nintendo's philosophy of like blue skies and fun yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and things like this yeah um <laughs> right uh <laughs> any more do you want do you want is there oh, no no, no, no carry on sorry. no no i'm done I'm really, why do people get invested i think carry I think on with the questions yeah sort of games journalism adopting the language of uh, its youngest readers, basically. <laughs> the idea that things have to win things and stuff like this. Who won E3 is basically look at their stock prices and see which one went up the most, I suppose. <laughs> it's probably the most... It's what people inside the industry would look at it, I think. Mm. Uh, Tryhugs writes to say, how would you go about making a video game version of John Borman's Zardoz? What genre would it be and which developer? I have absolutely no idea, because I've only just looked at this question now and I've got no idea what he's talking about. Yeah, sorry, same. Uh... How Imagine if Andy about, was here. Like, how would I go about making a video game version of John Bowman Zardoz? The I'd first Google thing I'd it do first. Is Google John <laughs> Bowman Zardoz. Read about it on Wikipedia, and then I would uh, basically make a Mario clone uh, with Mario redesigned to look like the main character. Yeah, uh, and then I'd good. get all the awards. Uh, Athene Allen writes to say, which of the two lads are you most interested in? Have you noticed there's a third lad on the right of the screen? I did notice there was a third lad on the right of the screen. Uh, are we not going to explain this? What is there to explain about the two lads? <laughs> so on the uh, on the Zelda screenshot during in Andy's in depth Zelda analysis, uh, he identified the presence of two lads on the hill next to you know in, the, in the vicinity yeah. of Zelda. That is the beginning and end of that. Yes, Zelda, the main character sitting on his horse. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that is Link, by the way. That's uh, I've, I didn't speak up earlier because it all kind of moved on a bit. Okay. And I wasn't really paying attention. But um, for all the discussion, I think all it is is. Uh, Link just looks really effeminate in this one, and that took people by surprise. And that is it. And I think people would like it if you could play as, you know, it would be nice if you could play as Zelda in this. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no or just a female Link or whatever. It needs to be yeah. Link. 
Uh, like I've, I said on, on Jim when we were watching it in the pub, mm-hmm. I think it'd be nice if you played as Zelda mm-hmm. and then you had a bit near the start where you like beat the first boss mm-hmm. and then like someone kicks in the door at the back of the room and then Link runs in saying like, oh, I'm here to save you and you've just done it <laughs> and you're like, it's, well, excuse what do you want? me, princess. <laughs> um, <laughs> which are the two lads? I'm actually quite interested in playing as the third lad on the right of the I hill. did not know about the third lad, so I'm, I'm going to no, have to go a, back and look at that. There's a third and lad, and I've got a feeling that he's a kind of like like skull kid type anti-hero. Okay, where he's kind of ostracised by the other two lads, <laughs> and he just has to sort of you know I think he, he has a sort of, I think his story is going to be like an interesting kind of subversion of the the main two lad plot. Mm-hmm. Um, Wilding nineteen eighty two writes in to say which family member would you sell to attend E three? None of them. Uh, probably none of them really. Yeah, don't really want to go. Yeah, can't be asked. I <laughs> quite like sitting at home. Jeez. I think what we've established is that the best way to enjoy E3 is sit at home in your pajamas and yeah. just have a nice curry or something. Yeah. Uh, next, what again from Wilding Night Eighty Two? What game at E3 gave you the biggest hard on? The answer is uh, none of them, as far as I can think. Difficult question to answer. Did not get any sexual arousal out of any of them. Uh, Mate, that's me. That's not what I'm into. Um, the Splatoon did have some pretty sexy squids. Did, but. <laughs> I mean, you know, it is pretty Freudian Splatoon, I think. Do you think, well, it's just about it's, covering the world in like, your own fluids? Yeah. And then de- declaring yourself the victor. There's something very psychosexual about you and your team, like, yeah. trying to just sort of spray your fluids across the map and kind of, like, <laughs> uh, into kind of, like, it plays into something about, like, like male jealousy and things like this. I don't know. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's like dog scent marking everything. Yeah. Just, like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but interesting, it's a game where you appear to only play as young girls. Yeah. No way. AJ Staff writes, given Venom Snake's gone too far for revenge character, is replacing Hater with Bauer such a bad idea now? I think this is, uh, I think Venom Snake is uh, Big Boss's new code name. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't aware of this until I, I sort of saw this and then sort of put two and two together and then Googled it and determined mm. that I was right. But yeah, uh, is replacing Hater with Bauer such a bad idea now? Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, I still would like David Hader. <laughs> do you think Do you think that might be the intention, though, that basically because Big Boss is turning into a baddie, like like that voice is something we associate with the, the protagonist and therefore it's not something that Kojima wanted to sort of ruin by keeping Hader as the voice? I still think Solid Snake is going to be, is going to come up in one of these games. Well, I maybe think maybe not the- in this one, but there's going to be a game with both Big Boss as a younger man and Solid Snake. And therefore, it would be weird to have them both voiced by Hater. One of the things that was brought up was the idea. You know, there's that kid with the the young kid with the blonde hair who's like some kind of warlord. Yeah. Um, someone said somewhere that they thought that, that that might be Liquid, and I'm pretty sure that's based purely on the fact that mm-hmm. he's got longish blonde hair. Right. Um, <laughs> but I think iconic. the timeline would longish more or less work out. Yeah, his iconic hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, uh, like, just so, like, obviously, Solid Snake and Big Boss cross paths in Metal Gear. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to have them kind of like if you had them meeting up before, then they'd have to be on the same side. Which I mean could also work. I mean you could also imagine that. Mm. Uh, are we are we working on the assumption that I think I mentioned this when we did just talking about Metal Gear Solid now um, when we did the team talk thing. Um, so by the time the Phantom Pain, oh right, sorry, by the time that Ground Zeroes happened, uh, Les Enfants Terribles has already been abandoned, right? Right, but obviously it did actually happen. So, did that? Are we to assume that was done like when Big Boss was in his coma? Uh, I think that's the idea. Yeah, yeah. I think it's which, it's which makes sometime between sense. the events of Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So you could so Snape could be in it as an eight year old child. Yeah, because I mean, I think that's because I think that's part of the theory about Liquid. How like because mm. this little kid looks like he's I mean he looks like he's under ten years old, but he yeah. seems to be the leader of a small war band. And you think, well, <laughs> if he is Liquid Snake and he's supposed to be like the clone of some super soldier and kind of thing, you could kind of Makes imagine. Sense. Yeah, could yeah, you yeah. explain in that way? You know, yeah, mm. I've been waiting in this child. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it turns out that Snake is in it, in it as in like an eight year old, and it is voiced by Hater. It comes yeah. up with like solid Snake, David Hater. It's like, hello, Dad. But he's, he's just it's playing me. on a Game Boy or something. It's me, David. Yeah. Just... <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I think I. I don't know. I'd still rather have David. I just think it's a weird bit of casting because, like, yeah. like if it, if they weren't going to go with David Hater, they could have at least. I think what they did in the Japanese version was Big Boss is voiced by the guy who was the voice of Big Boss in Metal Gear Solid Four. Okay. Um. Because, yeah, like... Well, that they, makes more sense, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, some minor spoilers there for Metal Gear Solid 4, but there's a bit... Uh, <laughs> Big Boss appears in a cutscene in some context. Let's leave it vague like that. <laughs> um, but he but he talks, and he has, like, a different voice actor to uh, Solid Snake. Mm. And, it, yeah, it makes sense the way they've done it in that. But then bringing in uh, Kiefer Sutherland's, like, a complete other thing. And it yeah. just... I mean, it just feels to me like they're trying to get a larger name actor in just for, like, star power mm. or something. But maybe I'm wrong. Personally... Yeah. Uh, this isn't a joke, but I'd spent some time yesterday just trying to imagine if they'd hired Jimmy Nail. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, wait, how are you, Paz? Get in the chopper, how? <laughs> if they did, like, DLC packs of different voices for Snake, I would quite enjoy. I, I, I'd mm. like that. Yeah, it'd be good. Like a right. sat-nav. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All snake voices. Right, next question. Uh, Phil Wall, why don't Activision do an E3 dog and pony show? Uh, I don't know. Probably can't be asked. Yeah, I mean... It- I think How many properties main... do Activision have these days? I think <laughs> the main reason that Ubisoft and EA do it is so that they can push their products regardless mm. of what Sony and Microsoft want to show off in their press conferences. Yeah. Because otherwise they're kind of like because I mean obviously they're all going to be on like on at the show and all this kind of business but I think they like the kind of the the promotional power of these like media briefings is quite strong. Mm-hmm. And I think the sort of the large third party publishers just don't want to be beholden to the platform holders. Yeah. Um and as to why Activision don't do it, it's just a question of effort and money and things. I mean it must <laughs> it must take a lot of time and effort and cash to yeah. put one on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, like there's like one way or another everyone's gonna see what their games are anyway. Yeah. So they must just I would think they just look at it and just really decide that it's not worth it. Yeah. It's a, another really boring factual answer. Yeah, I mean every year they probably just <laughs> phone up Sony and Microsoft and go, Right, who wants the new Call of Duty? Yeah. And then just let them fight between themselves for a few days and then see who comes up with the biggest cash offer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean there's they probably I mean, for something like Call of Duty, there's probably more it's probably more worthwhile for them to just sell the exclusive rights to Microsoft or Sony yeah. than to do that and also put on their own show. Because mm. it's it's not like Call of Duty isn't going to sell, you know. Yeah, it's not like people aren't going to hear about it just because they didn't put on their own thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's weird because obviously Activision like still pretty big. They've got Call of Duty, but they they're not. You know, like most of the things that they used to do have sort of died off. Mm-hmm. Um, like the you know the whole plastic instruments thing. They they kind of own that for a while, and then that's that's been gone for a long time. Like I think mo- between Activision and Blizzard, I think most of the interesting stuff's happening on Blizzard's end at the moment. Um, yeah, but then but then PC doesn't really have a huge presence at E3 for whatever reason. 
Um, it's always just, you know, console-led stuff. And, oh, by the way, I guess this is coming out on the PC as well. Well, again, I think it's... But, I mean, that's because you've got... Like, the console manufacturers have an obvious incentive to put out promote, promote things that are on their platforms. Yeah. But the PC isn't really anyone's platform. Yeah, um, obviously, yeah. And if you look at... I think, like, at um, like Apple, at WWDC or whatever, or, like, any, any mm-hmm. like, Apple events, they always spend some time talking about games, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not a lot, but they'll kind of say, oh, yeah, there's a lot of things on the App Store. Mm. Um... Uh, right, anyway, moving on. Yeah, Mr. John D says, there's a Platinum exclusive for Xbox One now. Does that mean you're going to have to give in and buy one? Uh, as we were saying before, the answer is, well, maybe at some point, but, you know. Uh, for <laughs> me, it's probably. Because you know what I'm like? You, see, you have this superpower where you can wait to play things, um, and I'm I don't know, man. fucking incapable like, of that. I've got this terrible habit of pre-ordering consoles. But I, only, <laughs> I mean, I don't do it for every single console, but, like, yeah. was it the, um, like, when the Xbox came out, when the Xbox 360 came out, I said to myself, uh, I'm either going to... There was a load of Xbox games that I hadn't played. So yeah. I was like, I'm either going to get an Xbox 360 if it's fully backward compatible mm-hmm. and then play through loads of old Xbox games, or I'm going to get an old Xbox, wait a few years, and then get a 360 once they become a lot cheaper. Yeah. Uh, and the backwards compatibility was kind of, you know... It only kind of covered half the games that I wanted to play mm-hmm. uh, at launch, and they've kind of they improved it a lot since then. But at launch, anyway, it didn't really cover everything. So mm-hmm. I spent like fifty quid on an Xbox, yeah, and about and then bought like about fifteen games for about you know, less than a tenner <laughs> each, right? And it came to less than it would have cost if I'd bought like a three sixty and some games. Mm-hmm. But I had like a whole pile of really good games that had been out for a few years, and just sat and played through them all. Um, and had a great time. Uh, and nice. I was like, I was feeling really pleased with myself. Then, um, when was it? It was like 2007 or something. I was on holiday and I was reading a load of stuff about the Xbox 360 Elite, the, you know, the bigger hard drive yeah, yeah, and all that yeah, business. Yeah. I was like, oh, that sounds good. I should get one of those. Um, and then I kind of, it was getting towards the end of my holiday. I was over there for like a month, just kind of traveling around with a friend. We had like rail passes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sitting at a friend's house in Seattle and I was reading all this stuff and I was thinking like, yeah, I do want one of these. I definitely want to get one of these. I'm going to order it now and then maybe it'll be at home by the time I get back and then I can like play Dead Rising. Um, and it turns out that the day I ordered it was the day before the Xbox 360 Elite came out. <laughs> and despite telling myself I wasn't going to order a 360, I then, like two years later, managed to pre-order like the next generation of Xbox 360 without realizing it, just because I had no idea when the release date was. Brilliant. I thought it was already out. You know, just <laughs> I keep I keep buying things immediately before price cuts and stuff like that. Is like my PlayStation. I played like 200 quid for my PlayStation yeah. with a free copy of Rayman. Uh, and then I swear, like uh, it was less than two months later, it dropped in price to like 150 quid. I was like, oh, got it, especially <laughs> at that age, you know, that was yeah, a lot yeah, of money. Of course, yeah, a lot of money. Um, but no, yeah, uh, pff, uh, what was it? Uh, scale bound. I think, like I was saying earlier, I'm either going to borrow one or wait like 10 years and buy one for 50 quid. <laughs> That's my tip. Because it's not like, I mean, it's it's not like it's a question of are you going to buy an Xbox One or not, but it's a question of like, are you going to buy an Xbox One or a PS4 or do something else with 500 quid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely. I can think of quite a few things that I'd rather do with 500 quid right now. Um, big question from Jonathan Beals, B-A-L's, I assume it's pronounced. Balls. <laughs> Jonathan B-A-L's. Uh, big question. Do you have the official E3 Mountain Dew and Doritos consumption figures through yet? No, we don't. We're not privy to that information. Yeah. Uh, we, how, many, how much, how much Phantoms did we get through? We did get through, was um, it like eight, nine, maybe Easily, more? yeah. 
Okay. Um, I I definitely had about four curiosity colas on the first night. Okay. It's good. Actually, yeah, no, if you only had it on the first night, and then there's a bunch of lemonades going around, which Andy could not handle. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty startling. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I did uh, when I when I came back on the Sunday. I did. I went downstairs to play Pro Gear on that oh, arcade yeah. machine. Um, <laughs> And while I was down there, I did sort of root through the remains of the food and drink from the night before and found an unopened bottle of lemonade. Nice. Helped myself to that. <laughs> Next question. Classic post-party style, just kind of looking for things that <laughs> looking for things that don't have too many bite marks in. Yeah, I could eat that. Uh, Zach Toms writes, what would the official Midnight Resistance brand tat be? Right, I'm pretty sure they'd be knuckle tats. Okay, I thought you meant like... Tat as in, like, rubbish that you buy. Oh, um, maybe that could actually be what you mean. I'm just going tat. direct to tattoos. Um, oh, I don't know. Either Which way, it's a toughie. Either um, way. If it's a tattoo, then... Oh, I don't know. That would require actual imagination I think it would be, and thought. No, it would be knuckle tats with, with game on your right knuckles and mm. piss on your left knuckles. Yeah, that'd work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that'd work. Um, if he means tat as in thing you can buy... Yeah, just general stuff. We, we weighed up a lot, like, we thought about for the E3 thing or whenever we do a live show or whatever, like, because we still, you know, the money, um, you know, there was some profit in our T-shirt enterprise, um, but we've just been kind of sitting on it and we were like, well, what would be funny to get made for a live event we do and then just give them out to people? But then it's kind of like, I don't know, it's just sort of like, oh, our website's so cool that you'll take any old shit with our logo stamped on it. And it's, it's a weird yeah. sort of territory to be in. Like, oh, would it be really funny if we just got... Like, you know, I can't even think of anything else. Like, ponchos. Think... Ponchos with the Midnight Resistance logo on. <laughs> and it might, that'd be kind of funny. But then also, is that, but then people just sort of kind of take it and be like, ah, uh, that's sort of funny, but I don't actually need a poncho bin. Yeah, I think so, uh, I think what we'd need is something that actually would legitimately be quite useful. Yeah. Like like something like uh, like measuring spoons for the kitchen. That'd be good. Or something I could imagine myself using those. But they usually, like, they come in sets that are all, like, they're all in different colours, whereas uh, ours would all be purple, surely. Maybe. But they could they could all have our faces on, like, each different one. We could all be, like... Ah, uh, that'd work. One of us could be a tablespoon, another one could be yeah. a teaspoon, things like this. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, you know... You see, that, that, that would be good for my self-confidence because out of the three of us, I get to be the thinnest one. Which be... <laughs> I think it'd be a nice sort of visual image of us all spooning in someone's drawer yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, just snuggling away. <laughs> <It'd be good. laughs> um, right, what is next? Uh, you can have... Oh, um, yeah, T-shirts. Uh, at some point in the not-too-distant future, we are planning on making T-shirts available to buy again. Uh, yeah, we need to look into that. Not, like, well, we're looking at different things, but we're thinking about now that we've like because the sort of residual demand for t-shirts isn't enough to warrant buying another big order. Probably, mm. I think we're probably going to do some kind of print-on-demand service, like Redbubble yeah. or something. Yeah, um, we need but... to change the design slightly, though, so that everyone who was cool and back the Kickstarter gets like a, a an official first wave. That's that's shirt. sneaky. Yeah, and also it means that there's two to collect now. That's, that's sneaky <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> Right, what's the next question? There'll be like a Slavoj-Zizek quote on the back. <laughs> um, right, Trihugs writes, uh, you can have me's in the new Smash Brothers. Do you think Hitler is a sword fighter, a gunner, or a bare-knuckle bra- bra- brawler? I'm pretty sure he's a gunner. Yeah. I'm pretty sure all of, his, all of his, like, uh, all of his Hitler actual most, like, as a person, uh, all of his most famous attacks that I can think of took place mm. with a gun, mostly yeah. on himself. <laughs> 
I've not, I've not seen any pictures of Hitler as like an amateur boxer or anything, or as a sword fighter. Yeah, okay. I wonder if there's. I wonder if that's like. He was an artist, you know. He was a painter. He wouldn't have mm. maybe no nah, gunner though. I've definitely, you know, he's definitely gunner. fired a gun at some point in his life, yeah. at least once. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mr. Johnny, if there's writes, a joke about his final smash, um, that, that's a term, oh, isn't it? But grim. I can't. No, no. 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 <laughs> um, Mr. John D writes: uh, Does Splatoon risk injuring a younger generation to Japan's more terrifying squid-based creativity? Uh, no, is the answer. No. Right. Angry Kurtz <laughs> writes to say: Would see how quick you can do this when you sort of when you're focused. You know, you know that's why question, you know. Move on. I, I don't. I'm not happy about the fact we normally leave Andy in charge of this, but I can't. I feel like <laughs> I can't take it away from him now. So. <laughs> Anyway, carry on. Angry Kurt, would you rather go to E3 or the World Cup? Well, E3, because the E3. World Cup, especially this year, because the World Cup is, I mean, it sounds really terrifying, and mm. like Brazil's locked down in some kind of police state type thing, and they're spending loads of money, which they don't really have, to hire more police guys to go around in favelas and, like, evict people forcibly and stuff like this. I was going to say, they've like, evicted, like, to uh, that, like, a quarter of a million people, haven't they? Yeah, it sounds really horrible. Um, like I was starting to try and say 250,000, but it sounded like too hard work, so I just went for a quarter of a million instead. Yeah, but um, whereas E3 is like a load of companies who can, who do have a load of money, uh, evicting all your sort of like, you know, sense of self-worth, <laughs> like values, <laughs> uh, taste, things like this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. E3, I think, is the answer there, anyway. Yes. Also, football is boring. Next question. Marginal gloss. What Take is the that, most Andy. disgusting thing in your home? <laughs> the answer is me. Um, I don't know. I mean, it that'll be <laughs> something that shifts. Um, obviously, if I've just done a poo, then the poo. Um, sure. What about your rabbits? I mean, they're... They're pretty clean, man. It's only if if um, I am being lazy and I don't keep on top of changing their litter trays, then they like they'll actually they'll start pulling like all the paper out of the litter tray and just drag it onto the floor. Do you feel like um, your rabbits are cleaner than you? Um, I don't know. I mean, I I also do pretty question, well. I also do pretty well at shitting in one place. Yeah. Um, and although to be fair, they probably wash themselves more than I do. Mm. Um. So yeah. Um. Also, a sock that I've just done a wank in is probably the, uh, <laughs> the most most disgusting thing in my home. Next question. Um, Herflinger. I'm going to go with that. That sort of weird Swedish accent. Herflinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, three DLCs. Three DLCs? Three downloadable contents? <laughs> I'm not sure that's the right grammar for this. Anyway, uh, three DLCs for Dark Souls 2 and Bloodborne. Has From gone mad with power? No? Eh, nah. No, they're just getting paid. And as long so. as they, as long as they do it well, I mean, yeah. I, mean I don't know. It may turn out that the the DLC for Dark Souls Two is shite. They've um, made some really good games, and companies are now starting to throw money at them to do other projects, do, and yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, basically, it's good um, up until the point when like Miyazaki goes a bit mad and like massively overreaches himself, and then they get into trouble like mm-hmm. three years from now because they've taken on too much work and they start making lots of terrible games and they've had to expand too quickly and like yeah. all of their internal production processes and stuff and their like internal social network stuff breaks down. Yep, because no one knows. You know, people don't know who their boss is and they don't like their boss and stuff. And they've it's all gone too. It's too much too soon. Stop. <laughs> Slow down, Miyazaki. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, you wrote. Oh, it's too late. Ah, oh. <laughs> right. Digifolio writes: What E3 release trailer are you still watching to this day, and will continue to do so till said title is released? Ooh, uh, I don't know. None of them, I don't think. <laughs> uh, 
I'd, pr- I'd probably go for Phantom Pain. I did. I, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did watch that just before we started recording the podcast, but I don't think I'd seen it before. Maybe I had. I think I probably had. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I could still. Yeah, I'd, I'd happily keep rewatching that from time to time. Yeah. Alternate between watching that and playing Ground Zeroes. Um, I'm a cool I, dude. I, I want to rewatch that Witcher three bit at some point because we didn't have any sound when we saw it. Right? Do you want to confirm um, whether it's a Griffin or not? Yes, that'd be good. <laughs> there that. was an argument for the benefit of uh, for the benefit of people who didn't hear us having this discussion at the pub, which, which is, is everyone. everyone on Earth. Uh, <laughs> like there was a, a small argument broke out after the trailer about whether or not he was actually whether it was a Griffin. Is it a griffin's head that he was bringing back to the village? Mm. As if you might have gone off to, you know, started a quest called Griffin Hunt, gone out, killed something, <laughs> and then come back home and then being told, oh, no, that's actually like a hippogriff, uh, like a chimera or something. It's not a griffin. <laughs> and he has to turn around and go back out. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tryhugs asks, uh, have you heard about the fancy graphics in the PC version of Watch Dogs being commented out of the code? Yes, yes. but that's not E3 questions. Uh, yeah, Tom. Yeah, try hugs. Call but it's all these three questions because it was e, like. Have, have you seen this? The code is that literally has E three rain, E three fog, and stuff. Oh, that's on it. true. I suppose that's um, a point. Uh, yeah. So basically, um, watch underscore dogs has a load of stuff in it in the code on the PC version and probably in the console versions as well, mm. uh, which is disabled for the sake of. I mean, it's a load of stuff which makes the graphics look a lot better, much like it did mm. at last year's E3 show, mm. but it's been disabled from the sort of regular commercial version, presumably for the sake of performance. Yeah. So, just And what's of... interesting about it is that pretty much the only reason to not allow that in the PC version is to avoid showing up the PS4 and Xbox One versions. Yeah. So this is probably just like a feature parity thing that Microsoft insists upon. Possibly. It's a similar thing with... Um... It's kind of it's an issue that comes up from time to time, like because this is it's a similar thing to the hot coffee mod for Grand Theft Auto, yeah, and uh, things like like when people have gotten the the business about the like really misogynistic code in Dead Island, yeah, Dead yeah. Island, um, well, like it's it's not something that should really affect the final user experience, but it's a thing that is, I mean, it is part of the product that you are shipping, mm. um, and it's you know it's a bit like. It's a, but this is a sort of horrible metaphor, but bear with me. But it's a bit like if you bought a bit of furniture and it turned out that all the screws were made of jam or something <laughs> like that, and then like and and then they all broke suddenly because yes. they're made of jam. Yes. Uh, and it's like, and maybe the manufacturers were like, oh well, once you've got it up in your house, it should all hold together. And you're like, yeah, but I mean. The underlying problem is that you've sold me a thing with screws made of jam. I mean, it's not a great example because it kind of implies that it would fall apart anyway. But the point is, like, you might not... Just because the sort of normal, typical customer experience doesn't involve coming face-to-face with all these internal components doesn't mean that the internal components aren't there. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the case of stuff like this watch underscore dogs thing or the hot coffee stuff for San Andreas, it's like all that stuff is there on the disc and they've like commented it out but it is there and they are still selling it to people even though the people can't normally see it yeah it's an interesting debate anyway it's a good bit of uh, <laughs> it's a good bit of sort of ethical slash legal discussion point mm. uh for people who have like no qualifications in these matters right uh Stuart, aka minute 
5072 writes to mm. ask, what was the one game you were convinced would be shown but wasn't? Conversely, what was your biggest surprise announcement? Um, what, was the, what was the one game we were convinced would be shown but wasn't? Um, I honestly thought we'd see Ubisoft's pirate game alongside the new Assassin's Creed, but I guess new Assassin's Creed is more important. Mm. Um, I'm uh, genuinely quite surprised that we didn't see The Last Guardian anywhere. Mm. Especially given that we've had people sort of reassuring us that it definitely exists. I would have thought they might sort of cotton on that people want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, they must have something they could show us, just be like, just to prove it's fucking real. Well, you'd you'd think so. I mean, the longer they go without showing it, it kind of makes you feel like... I mean, maybe they're just holding it back until it's finished, just so they yeah. can kind of drop it on you. Yeah. But uh, that does, that's not how Sony normally do things. Yeah. And you would think that they would, if they had something to show, they would show you. Yeah. Uh, but I guess not. Yeah, so it's a bit um, frustrating. Uh, um, biggest surprise announcement, probably Grim Fandango. Yeah, I don't think any No, I think what like that Splatoon Zelda. But mm. I mean, like all of that's Grim Fandango is the sort of least predictable one of all. I would think like they're going <laughs> to resurrect this ancient point and click game. Okay. Um, Athena Allen writes to say, are you thieving ultra brilliance patter again? Right, here is the thing about patter theft, is that any discussion of patter theft is itself patter theft. Patter theft, because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, it's not an E3 question. Uh, <laughs> Mike83 says, I've had no broadband, so my question is simple. What happened at E3 this year? Everything that we've just described in this podcast. Yes. Uh, also, it's rubbish having no broadband, isn't it? Yes, Mike, it is awful. It is the worst thing on earth. <laughs> As anyone in Brazil getting evicted by the police <laughs> will tell you, the worst thing is like losing their broadband connection, having to go to a net cafe. Um, right, Gavler2505 writes to say, what time period could possibly make you interested in an Assassin's Creed video game? I would quite like to see an Assassin's Creed game set during the minor strikes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, early 1900s Ireland, uh, Manchester in the 80s, all be based around the hacienda right because <laughs> you, like you play as bez or something yeah, <laughs> you have yeah. To, like, he's secretly an assassin you're kind of you're an assassin you want a way to kill someone and then suddenly you find yourself on stage and everyone's looking at you so you just push a button and you start dancing and everyone just kind of accepts it and you kind of blend in with the band <laughs> and they never suspect that you're a trained killer <laughs> um oh god the next one's in french I don't think it's a question. I think it's just someone yeah, linking I think that's to someone in French talking to us. Yeah, linking mm, to which the is cool. two lads' analysis. Hello, uh, if we have any yeah, French someone, listeners. someone in French ex- realizes that we exist. Mm. Um, what is what is the worst game you've bought? This is also from Gavler Two Five Hundred Five. What's the worst game you bought, knowing it's bad because the price was so cheap? The answer is Kudelka for me. Who's <laughs> <laughs> what? Knowing it's bad because price is. Uh, I don't think I've ever done that. Excellent. Um, okay. Not 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 knowingly. Also, this isn't an E3 question, so that's not no, yeah, okay. Next. Uh, BitSocket collectively right to say, do you think folks should be ashamed of themselves if they don't buy a Wii New, now that it's undeniably the best? Uh, I don't think they should feel ashamed of themselves, uh, but it, you are correct in saying that it's undeniably the best. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's always weird <laughs> banging on at people to buy a console, because they're it expensive. Is. And... I know that I don't feel great when people are like, so, you know, even though obviously they do, you know, people say to me like, oh, come on, man, you need to get a PS4. And I know they're saying it because they want to play games with me and stuff. And like, that's mm. nice. But also, I can't fucking afford one. It doesn't feel great to be reminded of that. Yeah. Um, it's great, isn't it? Um, so, to, like, obviously minute, we're always banging on about the Wii U. And to be fair, if you are being frugal about it, it's also, it is also the cheapest. Um, but, you know, if you just blanket cannot afford any consoles, Fucking ignore us. 
basically. Yeah. Um, I'm at the minute. So at the minute, I'm I'm currently test packing my suitcase to emigrate again. Right. Uh, in like three weeks, and so I'm like I'm spending a great deal of time just sort of measuring things and weighing yeah. stuff. Yeah. And things like this, I've established. I've got eight <laughs> kilograms of books that I want to take, mm-hmm. which is almost a third of my weight allowance, and I need to. I need like clothes. Uh, and I've just picked up my, I was going to take my Wii U. So, I mean, the idea was that, like, I was going to, I've got, like, a little Mac Mini, and then mm-hmm. I was going to take my PS3 and my Wii U, mm-hmm. but then when I start totting up all the other sort of bits of hardware that I want to take along, like my microphone and my headphones and things like this, um, suddenly I think I need to leave the PS3 at home. Stuff yeah. like this. And, like, it's definitely, like, when people go on about, like, buying a PS4, I'm like, I'm so, like, I, I don't, like I'm debating whether to continue owning a PS3 that I already own <laughs> before I start. I'm not going to start thinking about buying more stuff yeah. just to increase the the kind of footprint of things that I have to mm-hmm. move around everywhere whenever I move. Mm. Um, but yeah, Wii U is the best. Next, uh, Walnut Soap <laughs> writes to say, "How interested are you in Amiibo? What even is Amiibo?" We totally skipped this, didn't we? That was pretty yeah, dumb. So it's it's. Um, an amiibo is a small plastic toy containing a memory chip that you can scan with your Wii U control pad, uh, and it's going to unlock some stuff in games, including Mario Kart, which people don't seem to have talked about a great deal. Mm. Well, no one really knows uh, what it involves yet. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's probably going to be that you'll kind of you'll buy a little toy. It's kind of like Skylanders and stuff like this. Yeah, I say that having not played any of the Skylanders or Disney Infinity games or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the main thing that they were showing off at E3 was that you will be able to buy little plastic toys of Smash Brothers characters, and then you'll be able to it'll unlock like a special feature where you can save data for that one particular character to that particular statue. So you could you could buy like a like a Samus statue and then save like make a custom version of Samus and then save that data onto your statue and then you can scan that statue in on your controller or your friend's controller if you're playing at their house and then there'll be some kind of thing where like you can fight against them fight against your version of that character and then they'll get experience points and get some stat bonuses and stuff like this. Um <laughs> To put it another way, it's basically just a way of like selling you more things. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of unnecessary, uh, but it's proven really popular thanks to Skylanders. It's you know, if that was like mm-hmm. the proof of concept, uh, it's mm-hmm. you know proven that it's very lucrative and makes a lot of money. And with Nintendo losing lots of money, did anyone? Do you know Nintendo's shut down? Like, like I think a lot of our listeners probably aren't aware. Nintendo have like closed their main European office now. Um, oh, they, they didn't close it, did they? They just moved it to another country no, I think, where, no, no, where it's I, cheaper. Well, I mean, I don't know for sure, but based on based from what I've read, mm-hmm. um, they, they've they got like this main building, which was in a place called Grossos Time. Right. Obviously, that's pronounced correctly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which, uh, where they had about 150 people working, yeah. um, including a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And they've... Again, like I haven't spoken to that friend in a long time, so I'm not saying that based on something that yeah, they've yeah. told me. Anyway, um, but yeah, like people, a lot of people work there in this big office and stuff like this, big building that they've got themselves in this town. Mm. Um, I think what they've done is they've shut that down, and then all of the kind of important functions, by which I mean guys in suits with flip charts and graphs, uh, have moved to another office that they had somewhere else in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll, I mean, so they obviously still have some kind of like footprint, some kind of base in Europe, in Germany, yeah. where they're going to sort of coordinate all their stuff, but they no longer have 
things like they've got like developer relations teams and stuff like this and like testing teams mm. um and it sounds like they've let go of all those teams all those people and i imagine they're just gonna out like outsource a lot of the work well you know like shift a lot of the work to other teams like yeah i imagine whatever testing that they needed to do they'll like do it in america or something like that mm. to try and save money um yeah, Nintendo have like got very little money because people aren't buying enough Wii U's because they're fools. <laughs> uh, and Amiibos are sort of trying to correct for that. If more yeah. people bought Wii U's, we might not. Amiibos. We might not be yeah. getting Amiibos. You might just get full games. Yeah, without things taken out to be sold to us in plastic figure <laughs> form later. Um, anyway, what should uh, what three E's should the E in E three stand for? Um, Wait, what? So E3 stands for Electronic Entertainment Expo. Yeah, no, it's just the way you phrase it. What three E's should the E... I mean, what three What three E's should the E's in E3 stand for, surely? But there's only one E in E3. Yeah, but it's not, because it's, it's E times three, isn't it? Yeah, but that's <laughs> three what the E's. three's for. It's like, it's E times three. Yeah, so but if you say, that, if you say E3... Letter... <laughs> if you take E3, like, in isolation, the E didn't stand for anything. It's it's three E's. Okay. <laughs> But okay, so what? But what should the three E stand for anyway? Well, I don't know because I can't think of a swear word or rude body, body part that begins with E. Right. So that's me out. <laughs> I've got nothing. Uh, so you can't make a sentence out of that unless it's electronic electronics entertainment expo. That's the only thing. Ignore everything else. <laughs> I'll do. Next okay, question. Next question. Uh, uh, the young Mr. Christopher Spann writes to say, um, E3 takes place in America. What is your favourite depiction of hell in a video game? <laughs> hmm. Um, oh, I don't know if it counts. In a way, it might, if that if this is how you interpret it. Uh, the Abyss in Dark Souls. Okay. Um, which I guess is sort of one possible reading of it. Um yeah, it's fucking terrifying. There's just nothing there. Okay. Absolutely nothing there. I'm, I think I might go with uh, Brutal Legend. Oh, yeah. Because the, the stuff at the end of that, where you go mm. down into the fiery pits and stuff, and everything's mm. fire yeah. and pits. Uh, fire was, and pits. It, yeah, it's just really, just looks really good, basically. And all of the sort of, the, you know, the, the evil units. The final couple of bites. So, like, Brutal Legend right at the end just ramps up very quickly. Right. So you go from fighting, you know, because it kind of introduces enemy units one at a time for most of the game. Yeah. And then in the last couple of missions, it just suddenly, like, basically they ran out of money and then they just kind of <laughs> jammed all the rest in quickly. Right. Uh, and suddenly it kind of ramps up and you're fighting, like, f- the whole, like, an extra four or five units in the final battle, which you've never seen before. Um, mm. And they're all, and they all just look really good. Like really horrible to look at, basically. Good. Um, Syama Mishra writes to say, "What game are you glad was inexplicably absent from the show?" Uh, I don't know because mm. it wasn't there. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, things we were expecting, but we were glad didn't show up. I was, I was happy. I didn't have to sit through a fucking Gears of War bit. Uh, I'm glad that they didn't show trailers for Monster Hunter Five coming out in Japan next month. Because <laughs> it would it would it would bother me if I was waiting for Monster Hunter Four to come out, knowing <laughs> that there was a video of Monster Hunter Five and that was coming out in Japan. Yeah. Uh, right. Walnut Soap. The new UFC game is out on Friday. Who is your favorite half naked sweaty man in gaming, real or fictional? The answer is Wario. Yeah. He's not even half naked a lot of the time. Okay. So what we'll about, say Mike what about Eddie Honda? Uh, nah. It's either. It's, it's not sweaty. He's like he'll be oiled up. 
It's either Hagger or Zangief, surely. Yeah. You two, you two Barra Capcom fighters. <laughs> <clears throat> Next. Uh, right, minute 5072 writes to say, following on from Captain Toad being announced, which Nintendo character should also get their own spin-off game? Waluigi. Yeah, why not? Or just Princess Peach again, that'd be good. I'd like to see Princess Peach in an action game. I'd like to see Princess Peach where she sort of... I don't know. I don't like... It would be good if they'd let Princess Peach wear other costumes. That is a, mm-hmm. that is one thing on my mind. You know? Like in, in Mario Kart, <laughs> for example. thinking about it a lot. No, it's a thing. Like, it's a thing that we used to talk about at work. How, like... Like, because you, you go to you go to a great deal of effort creating characters and creating particular kind of outfits and looks and stuff like this. And, like, you know, the, the colors that you use on the things in their outfit uh, sort of reflect their character. And when you're sort of looking at incidental details about, like, what kind of like what kind of clothes they're wearing and what kind of accessories they've got, are kind of they all kind of, like, signify different things about the character and stuff like this. Um, but there comes a point when, uh, like, everyone knows who that character is. Mm. and everyone's kind of tired of seeing them wearing the same clothes all the time. And your next thing is to just sort of come up with some new costumes, in my book. Mm. Um, speaking as a Final Fantasy X2 fan, <laughs> uh, like, in in Mario Kart, Mario and Luigi wear their, you know, trademark dungarees and hats and stuff, right? Their costume mm. hasn't changed. But Princess Peach, because she can't so easily ride a motorcycle while wearing a dress. I mean, you could, I'm sure, but... <laughs> It'd be that probably would be a bit difficult to animate, um, <laughs> but she wears like bike leathers, yeah. Uh, and you can still, and it's still quite obviously Princess Peach, you know. <laughs> I'd like to see a thing where like Princess Peach comes out wearing dungarees or something, but she comes out dressed kind of like Mario, yeah, yeah. and just says like, right, okay, I'm going to be running around and jumping on the heads of things, so <laughs> I need to be dressed appropriately. Yeah, that's the uh, gear that you wear, and they kind of, I mean, it's kind of a thing because. In all the other games, she does that while, like, uh, like in in so in Super Mario 3D Land or 3D World rather, um, she's running around and she's got the the sort of floating jump that she has in Mario 2. Yeah. Uh, the idea being that she'll kind of you know because she jumps and then the idea is that her skirt fills with air and then she kind of hovers down like a parachute kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, she's got this like really long jump. Um, the thing about Mario World, like Super Mario 3D World, is that she still has that power even when she's wearing other costumes. Uh-huh. So, like, when she puts her cat costume on, she suddenly gets some power where she can, like, airwalk, like Yoshi, basically. Right. Um, <laughs> and it's, like, in terms of, you know, mechanically, it's exactly the same as a normal jump. But in order to, you know, in order that you don't keep losing that ability when you change costumes, they've had to sort of put that same thing into all the different costumes, even though it seems really weird by comparison. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just seems odd. Uh, yeah. Next. How many more have we got? Quite a few, but we're going to go quick. Captain Falcon. Yeah, let's smash oh, wait, through. What? Oh, someone's asked that, right. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, <laughs> someone's answered the question, Captain Falcon, which is true. the CGI trailer bullshit end? It won't. It will never end. Probably never, yeah. yeah. Um, Unless there's like a huge trend for people being against it again, and then maybe there'll be some pressure for it to go away for a while, but then it'll come back. It'll come back, yeah. It's never going to... It's... I think what we're talking about on the stream is that... um. It's it's all about having a controlled, like a you know, tightly produced, highly controlled presentation where things don't go wrong. Mm. Especially if you, mm. if you go back like ten years or something, um, you'd often get stuff like Peter Moore accidentally pausing his game of Guitar Hero and things like that, mm. um, which isn't the end of the world. But when you're a you know when you're a sort of big company like Microsoft and you're someone like in a position like Peter Moore's, it kind of makes you look like an idiot. 
um, <laughs> it's not a good it's not a good look to be on mm. stage in front of like thousands of journalists or whatever mm. and all these people watching at home and you're demonstrating that you can't handle a plastic guitar yeah um so which is i think and also they're like oh that warhawk demonstration on the ps3 where they, they were demonstrating how the dual shot controls worked and oh, yeah, the guy just, just smashing into things and, had like massive yeah. problems trying to land his plane uh <laughs> which is kind of what you would expect but for them to like do a gameplay presentation which highlights all of the problems that you would imagine and yeah. just sort of confirm yes this control system doesn't really work yeah uh that is a big problem so I think that's even the things that aren't obviously CGI trailers. Most of them, I imagine, are pre-recorded videos of gameplay footage, mm-hmm. and the person on stage with the control pad is just a prop. Yeah, and uh, even the ones that do appear to be gameplay footage are obviously so massively rehearsed. Yeah, because um, I mean, like, yeah, because I mean, like, what, what was that one that we saw? Uh, the the um the thing where pray you were, like, to pray to yeah. When and the we, guy was yeah, and the guy was going like, oh, in this situation, you could do like any one of these five things, but for this demonstration, we'll do this one thing. But then you look at any other video, yeah, and he also always does that one thing. And you kind of like because they talk about how there's all these different options, but every time that you actually see it being demonstrated, it's always the same option they choose, and it makes you think yeah. maybe that's the only option that really works properly. Yeah, <laughs> stuff <laughs> like this. Uh, I think like, but I mean, there's it's a presentation though, you know, and that's yes. Yeah. If you want to actually see what it's like, just wait until there's a demo. But until yeah, then, yeah. just assume that anything you're seeing is recorded, basically. <laughs> uh, right, we're doing really well at smashing through these. Let's, let's see. Keller, <laughs> you have three E's to give away. Which three video game characters would be most improved by being off their tits? Well, unfortunately, Andy's left. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Alex Fraser writes, Unity release a magic dev plugin to automatically add female playable characters to any game. Which game do you fix first? Hmm. Um... Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh, when he says when he says Unity, presumably he means the developer tool, not the game. Yeah, because Assass- it's Assassin's Creed Unity, right? Which is annoying me because people keep calling it just calling it Unity. Yeah, I know what you mean, and but... it's, it's annoying me. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. Well, okay. Let's. So, which one thing that you, could you, if you could like push a button and get a female playable character in a game, which game would you do? I can't um, think of any. Uh, maybe Crackdown. What we what we need is yeah. Okay. Were there female characters? There weren't female characters in Crackdown, were there? There might have been. No, I don't think so. There's uh, a bunch remember. of dudes to pick from. I think that was it. Okay. Um. <laughs> Next, Destiny, a shooter with MMO bits or an MMO with shooty bits. Which does the world need more? Um. Well, the world doesn't need either of them, and it is not both here. of them. Yeah, and Andy's not here. I feel a bit bad because obviously this guy has asked two questions, and he's just yeah, and Andy's not here to answer either of them. <laughs> That's okay. Um, that's the that is the look of the draw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dr. Alex Fraser writes again: Which upcoming PS4 slash Xbox One release would be the most improved by rendered entirely in wool? Uh, <laughs> Halo, Halo Five. Yeah. Would you like to see that in wool? It would... I'd like to see Halo Five in wool. I would like. Well, basically, just all the fucking like Call of Duty. Yes, Forza. Yes, Wool of Duty. Um, yeah. Wool of Duty. Very good. Um, yeah. yeah, they'd all be good. All of those, all the games that are normally boring. Make them out, make them out of wool. I'll buy it. Make them out of wool. Give them a blue sky. Yeah, easy. Uh, replace the tanks with Ferraris or something. Like See, that. you know, game development—it's not hard, guys. It's Come on, that's <laughs> really it's... easy, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, Crofters writes: Bloodborne or Blood Yawn? Bloodborne. Uh, Bloodborne, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's definitely mispronounced it with that second one. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
Sean O'Brien writes, anyone else get rock hard when Shuhei announced Bloodborne? Uh, no, again, you've mispronounced it. It's Bloodborne. But also, another another tweet about uh, being sent around by a video game. Uh, yeah. No, because it's a video game. I'm starting but, to realise why we don't have more female listeners. Yeah, Everyone's talking the, about hard dicks all the time. Some kind of <laughs> like gender issue in video games, imagine. <laughs> uh, James Carter, I what fod be Right to ask uh, when Midnight Resistance asks for questions. I don't know. Wait, that's not even a question. No, it's not a question. But he's lamenting the fact that he can't think of good enough questions. Well, you know, we appreciate that you're trying. Yeah, we also appreciate that you're doing a show that's better than ours. So <laughs> keep it up. Uh, Combine Hunter writes: What style of fighter is your me going to be in Super Smash Brothers Wii U? I'm not sure if I'm even going to use my me. Really, I was going to go for sword, um, but I sort of hope you can. There are different swords to choose from because I'm not really into broadswords. Not like a katana or something, because I'm a fucking anime nerd. Hmm. No, I think I'm. I'm. I don't know. I think I, not I, asked. I'm not. A, I like having me's in games, but I, I don't feel so great about thrusting my me into a game full of Nintendo characters. Like <clears throat> you see, I, yeah. Like with with Mario Kart, I've been like I've unlocked the me, yeah. and uh, obviously he's a sort of middle to heavyweight class dude. Um, but I'd I'd still I'd rather play Roy Cooper. That is yeah. going to be that is going to be an issue addressed on the next podcast. I think is like, <laughs> what's everyone's favorite um, Mario Kart character, and is it unanimously Roy Cooper, who is the king? <laughs> He's so I, like following up what Andy said. I, I mean, I was trying Waluigi out at the other thing the other day. He was pretty good. Roy Cooper has that slight edge. And he's like, mm-hmm. he's, he's, um, he doesn't have a yeah, so I, Again, I, I would like to play as my me in Mario Cars, but, um, but my, mine's, yeah, he's like the biggest weight class. I don't know if that varies depending on the size of the me or something. No, yeah, that's um, it. It's, it's based on your height and weight. See, that's quite cool, but, um, it also means I'm never going to use him because I don't really do heavy characters. Never mind. Ugh, what are you doing? Next question. Uh, Joe Scribbles writes to say, if you were going to make an entire game out of one mini game, a la Captain Toad, what would you choose? Didn't we already? Do- oh no, we didn't, didn't really do this, did we? Um, out of one mini game. Um, oh, pff, probably triple triad. Oh yeah, okay. Um, what about the does the the mini game in Yoshi's Island? Imagine me talking about that. Is it the bubble um, throwing one? Yes, where you have yeah. to tap in the sequence of things every time you're holding the bubble, and it's the most stressful thing in the world. And I think if you made a full game out of that. Um, it, it would yeah. uh, actually kill people. It's the way that, like, I mean, the, the yeah. thing about the, the the thing about that game in Yoshi's Island is that it's incredibly stressful, yeah. and it goes on for like five minutes. Yeah, you get, it takes go, way it, too long. It's horrible. And then, like, if you get round to like one of the final few rounds, and then you get something wrong and die, you mm. feel absolutely like emotionally wrecked. And then, yeah, because the whole thing like, was just the screen a waste. sweeps across, and then you're like, oh my god, that was like that was our transition between two levels. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was such an insignificant <laughs> part of the game. I'm just getting so stressed about it. And it gets even worse if you're playing it on an emulator. Because you can't even quite remember. Like, obviously, you know as you're playing yeah. it, like, that is the egg button, that is the jump button. Oh, I don't know. But then it's just like, well, okay, A, B, L, R. Fuck. If you're playing on a keyboard, then yeah. Yeah. Um, Not that you should do that, because it's naughty. Next question. You definitely, <laughs> you definitely shouldn't use a keyboard unless... I don't know, I still, I can still, I'm still surprised at the kind of, like, attitude I get off people for playing Street Fighter using a keyboard. <laughs> That is weird. It's, but it isn't, because it's... Well, I suppose like, they're all digital controls, aren't they? It's not like you... Yeah. Using WASD instead of a stick or a pad or something is mm. a bit odd, right? Mm. That takes some getting used to. But mm-hmm. using other keys as the punch and kick buttons, 
that is, fine. That's just an arcade stick. That's more yeah. natural than using a pad, if you ask me. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, Joe Scrobbles writes again, Scalebound, provide your wildest predictions. Uh, I think it's wild predictions. Um, uh-huh. Just about <laughs> animals and that. Um, do you think it'll be a lot like Monster Hunter, but better? Um, I don't think so. I think I heard something about how you've got how the dragon's like a like an assistant. Yeah, because they show that in the trailer, didn't they? The dragon sort of helps. There's the he's killing yeah. one dragon, but then another dragon helps the guy out. I think the wildest prediction think... is that it ties in with the Harry Potter universe. That's pretty wild. It's unofficial, it, but it's like <laughs> you're you're actually playing as um, what's his name? Is it Bill Weasley? I think is the one who's. Uh, like a dragon tamer or something, and like travels around in Egypt looking at like dangerous magical creatures and stuff. Are you making this up now, or is this no, actually I'm demonstrating actual Harry Potter lore? No, okay, this is cool. He's got he's got <laughs> Ron Weasley has a brother, okay, who I think it's Bill, uh, who lives in, abroad and spends his time dealing with magical creatures. And sounds he's, good. That sounds like a better story than the actual Harry Potter story. Yeah, he's part of a team that brings all the dragons to Hogwarts for the Triwizard mm. Cup. Nice. Um, next, uh, Joe Scrables is back again. Why was Major Nelson so excited about Bloodwake? I don't, I don't know because I have no idea what that I've is. Got, no, I have. <laughs> right, so Bloodwake um, was a sort of second wave game on the Xbox. It wasn't a launch okay. title, but it was in the sort of launch window. I think. Okay. Um, I've, but I mean, I, if if that is the Bloodwake that he's talking about, then that he's talking about a thing that took place like ten years ago, and I've got absolutely no idea. <laughs> how me? I don't even understand how, like, why, how excited Major Nelson was at the time. So well, let's move on. Uh, Ross Fulbister writes to say, "How filthy do you expect Project Spark will be if Conker's in it? Not very, because it is no. very much a kids thing. I don't think Pro- uh, I don't, I don't think Conker's going to bring any gameplay elements yeah. to Project Spark. I don't think he's going to bring like a poo gun or something." Um, it could. They be, might do yeah. something, but just kind of. But they wouldn't call it something like that. But yeah. like uh, looking like like I follow some of the some of the people who work on Project Spark are people who I've been following on Twitter for a while. Um, and uh, like turns out years later that they're working on this thing. Um, mm. Based on what they've said about the game and things like this, I think they mm. want it to be a sort of family friendly, inclusive thing. Yeah. So I can't imagine that putting Conquer in is going to sort of change all that. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, next one. Fraction Bastard writes in saying, you are a Fredo to Hideki Kamiya. What do you do to entertain him? Wait, hang on, is he talking about the chocolates? No, he's making a reference to the Godfather. Oh, okay. But, so, so, Fredo in the Godfather, his role was to kind of keep people entertained, uh, and okay. stuff. Right. Mm. Uh, but, I thought the same thing, and I thought, yeah, it would be quite funny if we were a Fredo. Yeah. <laughs> you are a Fredo to Hideki Kamiya. What do you do to entertain him? And the answer is, I taste delicious. Yeah. That's my his mouth. <laughs> I, <laughs> so, you know, flipping that around, if I was, you know, if you are Fredo to Hideki Kamiya, what do you do to entertain him? Buy him a load of Fredos. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Uh, Fraction Bastard again. What place would you have in the Monster Hunter universe apply your real life skills to roles? Um, I'm not sure what my real life skills are, but mm-hmm. I think I'd probably be some kind of uh, anonymous office worker at the hunting guild. See, I was going to say, like, um, I think after the amount of uh, help I've given to other people who are new to Monster Hunter and how much I've taught them about how to play the game, 
I think I'd, I'd probably be the guy who does all the tutorials right. and teaches new owners how to hunt. No, you'd, you'd be like one of, you know that guy who walks around in the marina? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the one who unlocks all the, the new drinks and stuff. Yeah. Which, yeah, so he tells you about all the exciting new colas and stuff like that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he's like some experienced hunter who just walks around saying like, oh, excellent work, kid. One day you might be as good as me and this sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Is that or one of the fucking cats who serves the food? Right. <laughs> like... <laughs> Okay, based on Next. your real life job. Yeah. Uh, getting a lot of non E three questions now. Everyone's taking the piss. We have. I think maybe one of your latest. See how many I didn't write all of the question requests, and maybe the last one was just a sort of general uh, request for questions. No mention of E three. Oh, that's, that's sort of a an E three one. Joe Joe Scrabbles says, "Where the fuck is Skate Four? Yeah, I was hoping we'd see that, but I, I don't know, dickheads. <laughs> Uh, um, my friends are trying to convince me that Yogg's cast is better than Bitsocket. Should I get new friends? I've still, yes. I've not listened to Yogg's cast most, much. And you probably, should. I mean, after the way I bang on about them, you'll probably watch the videos and just be like, "What's your fucking problem?" They're, like they're not good, but they're not offensive. But the thing is, they are offensive. <laughs> <laughs> we've, and, uh, As we've, people, I've been lining up a guest to come on the show uh, mm-hmm. who is much more knowledgeable about. Uh, like Yogg's cast and other mm-hmm. streaming people and stuff like this. So yeah. we need to actually learn what the hell we're talking about with regard to <laughs> Yogg's cast before she comes on. Um, but obviously we haven't bothered doing that yet. So uh, I think what gets me about Yogg's cast is like I don't like how many ways they are attempting to make money out of their fans. Yeah. And the defense for that is like, oh, well, you know, they're trying to run a business as if trying to run a profitable business is like an inherently noble thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's tricky. But, um, right. Anyway, Busker Lily writes, Zelda, am I right? And the answer is yes, yes. you are right. Uh, next question he asks, is anyone going to mention the playable female characters Nintendo had or are they going to keep calling them racist homophobes? Uh, he, he's got a point. Um, I mean, it is sort of cool that... Well, no, it's not cool. It should be fucking expected. But, um, like, yeah, you know, Splatoon is... Like, you know, Nintendo have made a multiplayer shooter and not only does it look really fun, but all the characters are female in it. Um, people do mention them, though. Yeah, no, they do. A lot of people um, have said, like, after the C3 that... Yeah. You know, in especially... As a sort of contrast to Ubisoft, they've been saying, like, mm-hmm. well, Nintendo had all these games with female characters in, and, yeah, yeah it's cool. just not an issue. Uh, yeah, I mean, Hyrule Warriors as well. They've announced four characters, yeah. and three of them are female as well. But, um, like, just... Although uh, one of them I didn't realise was female, because I never played Twilight Princess. There you go. Yeah. But it's <laughs> it's not like, um... It's not like having female characters, like, sufficiently fulfils your, like, social justice quota. Your quota, yeah. And then you don't <laughs> need to worry about, like... Yeah, whether your games are sort of racist or homophobic and stuff like this. These are all kind of mm-hmm. separate issues. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, Buskerly's next question. I really like the look of Sunset Overdrive and Scalebound. Were them Halo games any good? Might get the Xbox if so. They were all right. Yeah, they're pretty good, man. Um, pretty good. The thing about will... getting... I don't know. I mean, it, like, if you were thinking about getting the Halo games, I would probably advise you to get a second on Xbox 360. Basically, yeah, because uh, you just can play them now. Save like, a lot all of, of money. The, all of the more recent Halo games aren't that big a deal, uh, mm-hmm. but you could get like you could get Halo and Halo Two and Halo Three fairly cheaply. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. to be honest, you don't even need all of those. You could just, I mean, you get away with just playing. Like, uh, I don't know if it's really worth going back and like playing through something like Halo just for the sake of it. I kind of like Halo. Mm-hmm. 
He was talking before yeah. about like um the original plot. Well, you know, you, and, like, but there's no there's no burning need to revisit it. Yeah, like I don't. But I mean, it's mm. I think it's quite a nice little game. Um, and except mm. for that one level in the middle. <laughs> Library, you know, like oh, the fuck. one level yeah, that everyone yeah, yeah. hates Jesus. because it's. But I mean, but the whole it's it's, it's interesting terrible. how it's got like it's got this very sort of rigid structure of like, uh, it's this like cyclical thing where you you play through a series of levels and then you get to the library level in the middle and coincidentally it's the worst level in the game. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'd say that's a coincidence. Mm. Um, and then you basically play through all of the same levels that you've just done in reverse, and you end kind of. Yeah. And it's it's all different because it's you know you're playing through them in like diff like you're playing through them backwards and the landscape has like a load of new features and there's a whole new faction gets introduced into the game halfway through so there's a load of new enemies and things to consider um, but mm. like in terms of like in like a structural sense it's just interesting seeing this game that very rigidly is like making you walk in one direction and then kind of loops back around and comes back to where it starts um, and how <laughs> that kind of what that means about the storytelling and stuff like that. Yeah. I just thought it was kind of interesting. Um, and it is quite fun to do in co-op as well. And you can do lots of weird cheats <laughs> using that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, I wouldn't think it was worth buying an Xbox One for it. I mean, because you could buy an Xbox 360 and all the Halo games for probably the price of an Xbox One game. Pennies. <laughs> yeah, um, probably. But I mean, I mean, depending on how much money you're willing to spend and stuff, maybe it's, it's personal choice and stuff. Anyway, uh, next one: Scalebound or Bloodborne? Uh, both, uh, both, both probably really good. Most likely, you can buy both uh, and play and enjoy both. Next question: Who was E3's biggest tosser this year? I'm still gonna go with Kudo Tsunoda, even though he wasn't actually. He wasn't. He didn't come on though, right? Didn't actually appear in any mm. of the things, but. But he's out there in the world. But you knew he was there in the background. Yeah, I know that he's still there somewhere. And for that reason... Kudos to is not dead yet, and that's a problem, is what we're saying. If he was... if He, or like, he doesn't have to die, he just needs to like not be a dick. <laughs> like, sort of show up with a new image. Change his ways. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Get a fucking haircut. Grow a beard or something, you know. Yeah. Um, Next. <laughs> In all the gin bars in all the world, this is from Gordsmith81. In all the gin bars in all the world, who would win a pissing contest between Pissman and the Pisspoor EA conference at E3? The answer's Pissman. Yeah, because Pissman can piss forever, whereas the EA conference did only last an hour and a half. Yeah, the EA conference yeah. ends eventually. Pissman does not yeah. end. Yeah. Uh, no. Next question, Gordsmith81 again. Battlefield cops and robbers, uh, yes or no? I think the answer's yes, judging from Andy's from Andy telling us. <laughs> I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> six killer watch underscore dogs. I'm really, I like, I, I feel there hasn't been enough coverage devoted to Batters Golf. This isn't the question. This is just my yeah, note on the previous that. thing. Batters Golf looks amazing. Uh, just like the new PGA Golf. <laughs> well, yeah, because that was it. Because it was the EA conference. It was on yeah. the EA conference. Yeah. So we haven't. Uh, it didn't make a thing of the other three conferences. This mm. is almost four hours long. This is incredible. Right, I'm um, gonna have to put this out as two episodes. You do realize. I know. I think. Well, you know, we should have had some notes. We should have just written down. We should have like dedicated twenty. I don't, minutes I don't to even think things. that would have made any difference in this case. I think this was time good boxing. Enough. Time boxing. That's all it takes. You know, we didn't. <laughs> we shouldn't have gone through every single game. We should have just said the important bits. Uh, yeah, the the new PGA Golf thing looks really excellent because it just looks ridiculous, and mm-hmm. I feel like people aren't. You know, people are kind of. I've read more stuff criticizing it for screwing around with PGA Golf as it's established, oh, who cares? rather than praising it for. Being absolutely ridiculous, which is it looks fantastic. You're like playing golf on an aircraft carrier and stuff. Brilliant. Anyway, six color rights. Uh, Watch underscore dogs has a pretty underwhelming ending. 
what are the most disappointing video games endings you have come across? Um, I don't know. What's the most disappointing video game ending you've come across, Sean? Uh, I've answered this before many times on the show. Uh, Shadow of the Beast on the Commodore 64. Yeah, you get to true. the final boss, who's meant to be this incredible giant, and what you do is you punch his toenail, um, and then eventually once you've punched it enough times, everything goes black, and then the text comes on the screen saying, congratululations, you've defeated the Shadow of the Beast. Yeah, that's classic. Well, good. Classic, the fucking <laughs> classic, game over. Classic screen. Tyneside game design. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the game over screen is better than the fucking ending. Anyway, about uh, you? Me? Oh, God. I don't know. I've uh, Most disappointing video games ending I've come across. Oh, I'm sure. That, uh, I, I don't have time to think of it. There was definitely something. There's definitely something where I finished the game and then the stuff at the end of the game pretty much invalidated everything that I was doing during the game. It might have been like Final <laughs> Fantasy VII or something. Like I was, I was. I'm one of these people who think that Final Fantasy VII ended with all of humanity being wiped out, right. uh, and then Advent Children came out, and then all of a sudden they were like, "Oh no, everyone's still alive." It was, it was just a sort of really misleading video where you know, just because you didn't see any people in the ending sequence ever, and all of Midgar was taken over by plants and stuff, and like it looked like all of human civilization had been reclaimed by the planet, and mm. the fact that an ending in which mankind is wiped out but life goes on would be entirely in keeping with the plot of the game. Uh, <laughs> despite all that, no, there's a there's a film in Cloud and Sephiroth is still alive. Way. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> um, right, Digifolio asks, would you like to buy Capcom? Answers, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, if I had enough money to buy... Right, if you had enough money to buy Capcom, would you buy Capcom, or would you just sit on your pile of money? Do something else. Buy a house. Mm. Do nothing. I'd actually not plough the money into Midnight Resistance. <laughs> <laughs> just... Imagine... Yeah, why buy Capcom when we could make me no resistance a publisher? Buying Capcom and plowing, investing all of your cash in Midnight Resistance. Yeah. Okay. We, could, we could make me no resistance a publisher and then hire Platinum to just do whatever they want forever. That'd be good. How much is Platinum? Uh, how much is Capcom worth? What's the, what uh, the, what's the, what's the price tag on it? I don't it? know. We could figure it out, but I don't know. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. it would kind of depend. You'd have to make an offer on their shares and stuff. What it is oh, okay. is. Um, it's not like Capcom are up for sale. It's not like right. they've just kind of... I mean, it, it, it kind of is how it is, but they <laughs> previously there was a thing uh, in Capcom's, like, you know, like, corporate rule book type thing saying that they would not sell more than... You know, like, at least 51% of the company's interests would be owned by uh, certain people who are, like, Capcom people, basically. Right, so they never lose control. Yeah, basically. so yeah. so their, their stocks are freely traded. Like, 49% of their stocks are freely traded. And mm-hmm. the other 51%, they just never sell. Or they only, yeah. just, like, sell internally or something like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Degree mm-hmm. in economics. Um, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> basically, they've, they've had a shareholders meeting where they took a vote and then abolished that thing. So anyone can, you, know, you can now buy and yeah. sell their shares freely, and anyone could come along and buy 51% of their shares and get ownership of the company. Huh. But it's not like there's a particular price tag on that, because you would just, yeah, yeah, you yeah. would have to go from person to person and arrange all these deals to buy all, like to buy 51% of the shares. Okay, and it's up to them what they sell the yeah. shares for. And, yeah. So, I mean, you could, you could mm-hmm. estimate it, I think, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, again, you know, like stocks and shares are like wild fantasy land, but you could probably sort of estimate how much it would cost, but I mm. uh, can't be asked right now. Um, <laughs> Six Killer, final question. Sleeping Dogs HD now on for PS4, weeks after Sean floated the idea. Which game are you forcing into production next? I didn't know that, and that's excellent news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I think personally I'm going to go for Virtual Fight 6. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Or Virtual yeah. Fire, another version of Virtual Fight 5. Uh, mm. Just on the on the PS4, 
and just, mm-hmm. you know, whatever else. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to just to keep it alive, just to keep it going, keep it in the public mind. Because yeah. it is legitimately uh, the best. Lost Planet for seeing a return to the excellent ideas in Lost Planet 2. And that's that's after I buy Capcom, obviously. that's uh, right. I'm going to force that into production. Give them no choice. Right. Oh, I can go to, I can eat some soup and then go to bed. It's good. That's <laughs> Marvelous. It. Uh, yeah, I'll probably put this out as two episodes, I think, just because I think if I ask people to download a 200 meg MP3, they might kill me um, and the website. So we'll probably just stagger it by a couple of days or something. Um, we could just we could put them out at the same time or like one day after the like we could just I suppose one, yeah, but two separate files and just do uh, like just do them separately. Just do yeah, like E three E three stuff and then E yeah. three question special yeah power <laughs> you know <laughs> that'd be good. Right, thanks for listening. Especially if you've just done these two episodes in one go or something. Um, well done, you. Thanks for the questions. Thanks to anyone who did come to the E three thing or who attempted to watch online. Um, you. Very brave, all of you. <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, nah, I was going to be like, ooh, the next thing we're doing in real life is this, but that's not until September, so whatever, man. You're a gamer, innit? Mm. Wicked. Right, good night then. Kiss, kiss. Good night.